0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Derek Dorch of the Diversa Group, which is entirely responsible for its content.
0: Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Now your host, Derek T. Dorch.
2: Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. We're glad to have you join the show. If you have ever, ever been thinking about what's going on in terms of the virtual community, we've been talking about a number of different things. Recently, we talked about virtual simulations that the uh, Department of Homeland Security is doing for training. But now today, we're going to be talking about virtual internships. All of us who've been following this pandemic that's been going on right now, we've seen a number of students who have been concerned about losing their internships and possibly even losing job offers because of the pandemic and because of higher unemployment. But then there are also some unique companies and unique organizations who are now starting to do virtual internships. But you might be surprised that the federal government has been doing virtual internships for over 10 years now. And so when we found this information out, we wanted to make sure we had them on Fed Access to begin discussing what they've been doing and what kind of innovation that they have been working on for the past 10 years to be able to do a virtual internship which probably will become maybe a standard thing post-pandemic. We got on uh, right now, we have Nora Dempsey. She's uh, the program manager for the Virtual Student Federal Service, and the Department of State runs this program. And we have her on the line, and we also have two of the students who have participated, Eric Boone. He's from Howard University, and then Chloe Bates. And then, Chloe, what what university are you coming out of?
1: University of Maryland College Park.
2: Outstanding. She's from the University of Maryland College Park, and they both participated in the virtual student federal service. We're going to talk about this program today on Fed Access and learn more about it. And then the beautiful thing is, is that there are applications that are going to be accepted very, very soon. So we're going to get some good information about what the program is, about how to apply, and then how to really take advantage of this unique program from the U.S. government. Hey, Nora, talk to me about the the background of the Virtual Student Federal Service. How did this thing get started? What was the idea that came out of this?
0: Derek, thanks so much for um, letting us have the chance to talk to you about the Virtual Student Federal Service. It started 10 years ago when Hillary Clinton gave a commencement speech at NYU. And one of her speechwriters just kind of tucked in there. He was an innovative kind of virtual visionary. He tucked a line in there about virtual internships. And Mm. when she finished the speech, the State Department how to figure out what the heck that meant and how to make it happen. And our office, the office that I'm in at the State Department, is a little tiny innovative office called e-diplomacy. And our, we raised our hand. We're inside the Bureau of Information Resource Management, IRM. And we said, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we figured it out. And thanks to supportive leadership, a guy named Dan Sheeran, who always stood behind us, and the tenaciousness of the first BSFS program director, Bridget Roddy, we went through a long period of trying to figure out how to make this work, and we went from 40 interns working for the State Department to now we're at 54 federal agencies and 4,000 interns who apply every year. So it's really been a tremendous success, and a lot of the private sector companies who've been calling us now to kind of get advice about you know, how do you make a virtual internship work? They're all aghast saying, wow, the State Department was visionary, that you guys were in there before any of us. So ten, we've had 10 years of experience of how to make virtual internships work. And it's incredible the amount of contribution that students make from across the U.S. to federal agencies is just mind-boggling.
2: Uh, you know, Nora, uh, as, as we're looking at this kind of stuff, and you just kind of mentioned, you know, a good way to get policy passed is to throw something into a speech, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, who is um, eligible to take this program? Is it for all uh, U.S. students, whether it be a graduate student or undergrad? I mean, who can be a part of this program?
0: Um, First, um, Derek, I'm going to take this chance, since you've got such a great audience of federal employees. Mm -hmm. I want to take this chance to tell every one of them that now is the time to submit projects. So they just have to go to vsfs.state.gov. When I started working with VSFS, it was about seven years ago. And if you Googled VSFS, what turned up was Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. (laughs) (laughs) But now, if you Google VSFS, we turn up. We're the virtual student federal service. And all my colleagues across government, if you have a .gov or a .mil address, you can have a team of your own. You can go there up until June 10 and submit a project to vsfs.state.gov. The people who can apply to be virtual interns, like Eric and Chloe, is anybody who's a US citizen student who's graduated from high school and is now taking college level courses. So, undergraduates, freshmen, or all the way up to PhD candidates. Anybody like that, anybody who's in student status and is a US citizen, can apply. And what they do is they go to USA Jobs and they fill out a profile there, they register on USA Jobs. And then the VSFS vacancy announcement appears on July 1. So we always use the hashtag apply in July. And this year we're using the hashtag now more than ever. Because now more than ever, students are virtual all the time. Mm -hmm. And everybody in government knows that virtual, we used to say virtual is the future of work you know now it's now it's the reality
2: right without question you know you you just brought to the attention about the the number of federal agencies who can um well the different federal agencies can now submit for projects uh you know some people are probably still a little bit what I'll kind of say uh old school and so they'll probably be like you know what well you know how do i do this virtual what kind of projects can i give a virtual intern right can you give some suggestions for the federal agencies or people who may be out there listening who say listen you know what i had never thought about this But, you know, what's the possibilities that we can do in terms of doing a virtual internship? What can they do in terms of the projects for these students?
0: Derek, really, you know, the only limitation is your own imagination. Students are doing everything. They're doing everything from videography to data analysis to data visualization to content creation to research to writing, economic analysis, coding, software development. Acting as interpreters and teachers, trainers. I think for the old school folks you're talking about on the phone, everybody now in this virtual reality we're living through knows that it's so important for their teams, for your team to be able to, be, to build the virtual capacity of your team. And there's no quicker way to do that, to engage, to welcome into your team somebody who's, who grew up with the internet. So you welcome onto your team somebody who's 20, your team is already stronger. Your team is already better. So when you don't, if you're 50 or 60 and you don't know how to do something on the internet, you ask that student to help you out. And that's how it's working. And that's work, working across government incredibly well right now.
2: You know, it, it sounds like you're getting um, um, some, some good uh, results from the, the, a number of some of the top schools around the nation. You've got Eric who came from Howard. And then also you've got Chloe who came from University of Maryland. I'm thinking that you're starting to tap into those students who have certain kind of skill sets um, that can really kind of help federal government continue to grow and become a lot more innovative. Is that who you're looking for in terms of the student recruitment dynamic?
0: Good question, Derek. But I think we always say we have something for everybody. Over mm-hmm. the last two years, we realized that we need we always have more projects that are asking for graphic designers, web designers, videographers. Folks with a real graphic arts set kind of mindset or skill set. And we also need everybody from, you know, the folks who are best at emerging technologies, people who are in love with computers and computer science, to folks who like biology, who want to work on the environment, want to help the National Park Service or the Forest Service. We've got students, the VA, Veterans Administration, relies on 120 interns every year to do their social outreach to all veteran families and to help save lives for veterans who are depressed and posting things online. We've got students making really making the difference at the State Department with the Presidential Envoy for Hostage Affairs, figuring out who's tweeting around the world about U.S. hostages and wrongful detentions.
2: We're talking to Nora Dempsey. She's in the Office of E-Diplomacy at the State Department under what's called IRM, Information Resource Management. They're the ones who manage the virtual student federal uh, service for the virtual internships for the federal government. You can find it at BSFS.state.gov. Right now they're looking for projects from federal agencies, but also students will be able to apply. And then Nora, am I correct? July 1, they'll be able to apply for these projects. Is that correct?
0: Yep. Every July we save for students. So they if they what students should do right now, Derek, to help themselves is to go to USAJobs.gov mm-hmm. and register. If they register, then they get the fun of on July 1, they find that VSFS vacancy announcement. They select it, they're thrown over to our site, and then they get to pick three projects to bid on. And boy, it's hard to pick the projects because there's so many good ones.
2: Right. And I think I was looking on your site just the other day. The pro- some of the projects are already up for those who have already started submitting The federal agencies who are already kind of ahead of the game right here. And for what I understand, Nora, before we kind of go into a break, uh, the virtual intern really kind of almost spends what about eight months uh, working with that agency? Is that correct?
0: That's correct, Eric. It's a long-term engagement. Students work the entire academic year. A lot of the students get credit for their course credit for their work. In fact, UCLA contacted me this morning saying that they're going to really push VSFS projects because they're so it's project driven. You know, it's not make work; it's real work. You <laughs> make a great contribution.
2: We got to take a quick break. We're talking about virtual internships. We're talking about the virtual student federal service on Fed Access. We're talking to Nora Dempsey. She's out at the State Department. They're the ones who run this program. When we come back, we'll be talking to a couple of students who have had virtual internships about their experiences. We'll be talking to Chloe Bates from University of Maryland. She'll be giving us a breakdown of her experience. We'll be right back after this break. You listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dortch on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. George on Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we have been talking about something very, very interesting about virtual internships in the federal government. A lot of people are now have been learning about the dynamic of kind of the virtual workplace because we've been dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. But also, too, a number of companies have canceled their internships that kind of left students in a unique position about how do I get experience? Interestingly enough, The federal government has been doing virtual internships for 10 years now where they have had students working around the world, working on projects for the U.S. government. And now they're being consulted by companies who want to find out about this innovation. Uh, Oftentimes we find out that government is taking the lead on many things that are going on in the private sector. And again, this is the place with the virtual internship program that's being ran out of State Department, out of the Office of E-Diplomacy under the Office of uh, Information Resource Management. Well, let's get into some of the students and their experiences. Chloe Bates comes from University of Maryland. Chloe, give us some background about yourself. What are you studying? And, and then also tell us about your internship.
1: Yeah. So I am a senior at the University of Maryland. I guess I'm technically not anymore because I actually graduate today.
2: Okay. Well, okay well, well, thank you for joining us on your graduation day. Happy graduation day. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, I study communication in Spanish. so I have always had a fascination with visual communication, social media, writing, graphic design. And I actually I found VS, my VSFS experience through like a fun little adventure um, because I am a doubles major with Spanish. So I studied abroad in Spain for a semester. And it just so happened that I received a scholarship through the State Department that partially covered my tuition. And while I was studying abroad, they had a summit in Lisbon that they sent me to for Golden Scholars. And then one of the officers of the program was there. And now that's the office I'm actually working in. So I kind of found out through a fun series of coincidences. And that's how I ended up with my internship My team is really fantastic. I've been able to work on, like Nora said, truly meaningful projects that combine all of my interests and really expand my worldview. Um, So I do a lot. She she also mentioned that there's an increasing need for creative students and creative skills, which is my expertise. So that's Mm -hmm. fine. I do a lot of graphic design. With the COVID pandemic, we've pivoted slightly, but still a lot of... Graphic design projects, making social media graphics, writing social media posts, etc.
2: You know, when it comes to the virtual thing, a lot of people have been hesitant because they feel like I'm not going to be able to get the real experience. I'm not going to be able to kind of network like I want to. I'm not going to be able to meet people, have those conversations and really kind of get the true contribution of an internship that would be in the office. Tell us about your experience. Were you able to do all those different things with the virtual internship?
1: 100%. So I, I totally disagree with that misconception. But I also think it how much you get out of the experience is obviously very dependent on how much you put in and how much you try to take out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually been really fortunate that the, this is not my first remote experience, but it's definitely by far been the best. So I have... <laughs> definitely been able to reap a lot of the benefits of an in-person internship, even through the virtual one, largely with the support of my manager. So I think some of the biggest takeaways for me is that working within the State Department, it's such a big bureaucracy. So many people don't really know much about it, including myself. But having this experience, being involved in just email conversations, I'm getting such a better understanding of the structure of the department, how things work, different people's various roles, how I fit into the puzzle, Um, and I really have been able to to successfully network. My manager does a really amazing job of giving me credit whenever she shares my work with anybody and also sharing that feedback with me. So again, I can see how my work is being used, how it's being received, Um, and she explains to me, like, this is the role of a significant person. So I, I am really gaining a good understanding of who the main players are, how they work together. And then because I work on such a wide variety of projects, not just within my team, but also sometimes Nora will email, will email me and be like, hey, do you have time to do something else for a different team? So I've been able to build a lot of contacts and relationships, even outside of that. Like for example, one of, them, one of my projects was emailing or interviewing an alumni of a different program. Um, So through that, I'm meeting more people, establishing contacts, building relationships, and it's panned out extremely successfully. So I really do feel like if you put in the effort, you can 100% still get all of the benefits. Obviously, we all miss face-to-face communication and (laughs) not social distancing, but you can still really get a lot of the benefits of having that in-person, just meeting people, online.
2: Tell us more about that, Chloe. I I mean, when you guys are, um, are you guys doing, and this has been around for some time, even before the pandemic, right? What are you guys doing? Are you doing Skype meetings or Zoom meetings? Are you having kind of an all hands on deck type meeting uh, where everybody's on a, a conference call or a Google Hangout? How do you, how do you end up working with your team from State Department in terms of kind of making sure that projects are being assigned and also that you're able to show the uh, the products of your work, uh, you know, whether it be through email or whatever the case is. How do things work on a day to day basis?
1: That's a wonderful question. So, for my experience specifically, and I'm sure Eric's will be different. Um, I primarily communicate with my team via almost exclusively via email, but with my manager Amelia, we communicate with weekly check and phone calls. We definitely do Zoom meetings if we feel like there's something pressing or more in depth but we mostly communicate via email I live in my inbox like 24 7 and I'm sure the other the rest of them I'm sure they have a different process I'm a little more removed I like most of what I do is relayed through Amelia but for example one of my projects is a newsletter that we send out every week and that's just distributed via email to a very large um, amount of our bureau so that is how my pro- my main product which has been the fo- my main focus for the last few months has been shared um, and we get a lot of feedback via email as well but because what I do is on the more creative side I'm also seeing it appear in other places so I mentioned like sometimes I help write social media posts or I make graphics and those go on the Facebook page first USA study abroad um, and that's always fun because it's just great to see what you make out in the world And then, for example, again, I'm working on an alumni profile, and that will likely be featured on the program's website and also on social media. But again, yeah, mostly email, definitely phone. Video is always great. You really, in a virtual setting, you can't over-communicate.
2: You know, in the last couple minutes that we've got in this segment, give some advice to maybe some students who are thinking about maybe kind of a virtual internship or had never ever learned about it, what advice would you give in terms of maybe the application process and in terms of also making it the, uh, the best experience they can get out of, out of certain areas? What advice would you give?
1: So with VSFS in particular, the application process is different. As a student, when you're looking at the, the options of projects, because each application is based on a project, it can be really overwhelming. And the way that I found which ones I applied to is that I looked for the things that required my skill sets.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I recommend that as a way of finding meaningful projects, because then you know you'll be invested in the work. And that's so important. And then within the application process, you also have to write a little statement about yourself, like why you're qualified. So spending some time on that is really helpful. But then the other thing that within just applying, I found really helpful was that I was contacted by um, two of the projects I applied to, and I did a phone interview with both of them. And that really helped me narrow down my decision and learn more um, from their perspective about the kind of work I would be doing. And I was thinking, hmm, like, does this really align with my interests? Do I really think I can contribute my skills? Do I think I'll learn? And one thing I did take into consideration is, do I feel like I'll be able to build my network from this particular project? So I think those are good questions as you're sorting through all of the projects. Um, But then within the actual day-to-day, I think some of the best things any virtual student or intern can do is, again, over-communication is not a thing. Just communicate a lot. I'm very conscious of communicating when I know I'm not going to be available because I think Mm -hmm. it's important. I try to be very responsive to emails because obviously that's important. It's just a matter of saying like, okay, saw this. Like if it's not urgent, we'll respond later or we'll do later. But just letting someone know that you saw it is important because otherwise they they might think, oh my God, like they, they never did this. I think one of the most helpful things I've done is saying specifically when I'm not going to be available, if I know I'm going to be really busy a specific week or offline for certain hours of the day, I just like to communicate that in advance so my team knows I won't be able to be reached or make any changes. And it really helps manage expectations.
2: It sounds like, Chloe, that this is actually, uh, not that your communication skills were bad, but it improves your communication skills because you are now a lot more aware of how to make sure that you are available for your teammates in the office and making sure that you're accountable for the work you need to be doing. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that ties into like kind of the bigger picture of any virtual remote experience, which is just as like the virtual intern, you have to take so much more agency over your own time management and planning. You really have to think about how am I structuring my time how am I prioritizing everything that I have to do? How am I making sure that I'm creating? Because it's hard not having that distinction between work and home and school. Making sure that you're creating that space and your time. Just being very strategic about that is important. And then similarly, I also think it's, I always recommend planning offline time. Take a break from a screen, go for a walk, go for a hike. Because when you're working from home, you know, it's a very different And it's really just good to take a break from that. And then I think the last thing that is super important for students is to not be afraid to reach out if you have an idea, because the worst thing someone can say is no. Or alternatively, if you're feeling really overwhelmed by your projects, checking in with your manager, asking, okay, what should I be prioritizing? What can I be doing differently? Or, hey, I didn't actually really enjoy this. Can I try something different? These are all things you can do to really again take ownership of your get the most out of it.
2: That sounds good. Thank you so much, Chloe, for providing that background. And I know we you got to go in a few minutes and get ready for graduation. Uh, uh, you know, you guys are, are, are the are the new generation of kind of dealing with the kind of kind of maybe the the COVID nineteen generation. Um, you know, unfortunately, but also fortunately that we have students like you who are creative and also accountable and who want to contribute. So thank you for contributing back to our government and thank you for all the work. And so you enjoy your graduation day and soak it all in. And, and we're very, very proud of what you've done. Uh, Chloe Bateman, she's graduating from University of Maryland today. She was a virtual intern for the State Department uh, with the virtual federal, uh, student federal service. And uh, this is her day to day. So thank you for being on, Chloe. Thank you, Derek. When we come back, we'll keep on this conversation. We got another student, Eric Boone, who's gonna be giving uh, his uh, take on how his experience was. He comes out of Howard University, which is a historically black college and university, at HBCU, and he's gonna give us our, his breakdown on what's been going on. We're talking about virtual internships today, the Virtual Student Federal Service. You can find the website at vsfs.state.gov, and they've got some great projects on there they'll be recruiting for students starting July 1. But right now, if you're a federal agency, they're recruiting for projects right now. So jump on the website, see where you can put a new project in, and then the the students will be able to contribute to your agency and do some innovative things. We'll be right back after this break and listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dortch on Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. If you have just joined us, We have been talking about an interesting concept that you may be hearing more and more about, and it will probably become a mainstay in our society, virtual internships. Uh, Right now, a lot of different companies are starting to move to remote or virtual internships because of the pandemic, Um, but the federal government has been doing this for 10 years now. We're going to be talking about the virtual internship dynamic in terms of the student experience. Right now, we're going to talk to Eric Boone. He's a student at Howard University, a historically black college and university. Uh, He's out there right now, and he did a virtual internship as well. Let's hear about his experience. Eric, give us some background about yourself. What do you study? And then tell us about your internship.
3: Sure thing. And first, let me say thank you for um, having me on today. I'm really happy to talk about my experience. So I'm a graduate of Howard University, and uh, I'm an incoming student at Harvard Kennedy School. So I'll be joining um, HKS in the fall. I'm really excited about that. So I, um, I've i actually been interning with VSFS since last September, and I've really enjoyed my experience. I've been working with the um, International Visitors Leadership Program, so the ILVP program is this uh, program that uh, has existed for actually 80 years this year. This is the 80th year uh, anniversary of the program, and in commemoration of that, they we've decided to interview some of the notable alumni of the program and reach out to them. What what I do for the VSFS is uh, as the content creator, I've been reaching out, creating profiles after doing interviews with those notable alumni, uh, create, uh, doing interviews so I can create impact bios and unique pieces of content that I can hopefully include on the website to kind of highlight what are some of the amazing things that, they have done and then what the uh, I, uh, ILVEP uh, program allows uh, for their alumni to do.
2: Outstanding. You know, when you kind of come into this, where did you find out about this program? And did you, were you scouring the web or were you, uh, did your career services offices provide some information? How did you find out about the virtual internship program for the government?
3: Sure. Yeah. So it's a bit of a happy accident. I was actually, as a junior, I participated in the Charles B. Rangel Summer Enrichment Program based out of Howard University. So it's a summer program that shows students and introduces students who are interested in working in the government, namely in an international related career, what opportunities exist in that domain. And one of the other participants, she had recently just finished her own BSFX experience and she really enjoyed it. So she told me to to go ahead and apply and I did, and it's one of the best decisions I've ever made.
2: Awesome. You know, asking the same question that I asked to Chloe, you know, how has it been in terms of kind of working in that virtual environment? And when you kind of think about the dynamics, I mean, how have you made sure you were successful working in a virtual internship? You know, what kind of steps and strategies have you had to implement in order to make sure that you were doing a great job with this internship?
3: You know, now that I know everyone has been having an opportunity to work remotely, it's, it's funny to see that I've had a bit of a head start uh, in that. And to be honest, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think that the specific nature of my work, uh, reaching out to people around the world and doing interviews with them, it necessitates that I do a lot of my work online through email, through arranging uh, video conferences. And I think given the global scale of the work, uh, the remote aspect of it just it just makes sense. So I've I've really enjoyed it. I think that what Chloe spoke to and have in terms of having a uh, un- unique agency to make sure that you schedule your time correctly, that you um, have the motivation to do everything and the allotted time, and reach out to the people who you need to. Uh, it's definitely a real factor, and it's it's given me a sense of ownership and uh, a bit more uh, initiative to do a lot of the work that I've been doing so far. So, I mean, I I enjoy it a lot, and I think that it's a a unique opportunity to uh, work with the government where I know that if people are not necessarily able to come to Washington, D.C. to get their internship with state or with another agency, this offers a unique opportunity to do that, maybe from the comfort of your own home or uh, from the comfort of your dorm room if you happen to live in California or another state that's uh, quite far away.
2: I'm assuming that, you know, some people will say, listen, I mean, and at some point in time, we'll get back to the point where people can travel overseas and and be other places. And Nora kind of chime in on this. Can this internship, it can be done anywhere you are in the world? So if you're doing kind of a study abroad, uh, you're working overseas or wherever the case is, you can still participate in the internship. Is that correct?
0: Um, that's right, Derek. In fact, some projects get advertised looking for students who are on exchange programs at different places. We've had Students who were, happened to be in Madagascar, they applied to a project that was happening from the, the embassy in Madagascar. But basically a virtual internship is a remote internship, so you can do it from anywhere. And one of the reasons the State Department proudly stepped into that unknown place 10 years ago was that it's, it, there's nothing like it to ensure inclusivity. We wanted to hear every voice and benefit from every talent. And so you can be a student on a, at a tribal college in northern Montana, or you can be a student on a boat, or you can do be a military officer who's also studying and sitting on a ship someplace. You can be a kid anywhere and and not have the wherewithal or the money or the finances to go take an internship at the Embassy of Paris and still work for the Embassy in Paris. You,
2: you know, that really kind of provides some insight because, you know, when, when, when I heard about Eric Boone, I kind of heard about... You know, be, me also being a graduate of an HBCU, I also think about kind of diversity, right, kind of the diversity of government and really kind of bringing more people into government from, as you mentioned, you know, whether it be, you know, African-American, Asian-American, you know, Indian-American, whatever the case is, really kind of opening those doors up. And this sounds like it provides an opportunity for that diversity to bring that range in and it can kind of really touch and impact the lives of so many different people in so many different ways. Was a program kind of designed to do that, Nora?
0: I think right away, one of the reasons the State Department, the Director General at the time, blessed it and legal tried to make sure that everything would go through is for that exact fact. Right now, the State Department hosts it. So the mm-hmm. tiny team is paid by the State Department, yet it served 54 agencies last year, and this year it's going to, that's going up, up, and up. And it's good for the State Department's work to benefit the, all, from all those voices. And it's good for the students, obviously. And it's good for our democracy because it's transparent citizen engagement. It's a vital way to keep all those voices that we have across the United States in the very work of the U.S. government.
2: Outstanding. You know, Eric, give us some uh, insight and give us some advice uh, to the students in terms of the application process and in terms of uh, uh, maybe looking for projects that may be very much so uh, where they could contribute uh, their skills and their talents to the federal government?
3: Sure. Yeah. So I know personally, as someone who wants to work in the foreign service, I was looking for some kind of experience that would give me a little bit more exposure to the State Department. So um, when you go to the website, you can see all the different agencies that have available projects. And I just went down, I think the State Department had upwards of 100 or 200 projects. So I just meticulously went through and saw which ones I thought could give me the most substantive experience and which ones I think aligned the most with my skill set. So when you, when you get a chance, go to the website, and see what interests you in terms of agency, what, what agency you might find yourself uh, happy at career wise, and then what projects you, what they have. I know that I've been really happy working with the state department as um, an intern with the ECA because my interest in becoming a public diplomacy officer directly aligns with, you know, doing the work later on, hopefully in my career.
2: Outstanding. And, hey, and where, have you given an opportunity also, Eric, where, I mean, in terms of, I mean, I asked the same question to Chloe, but have you had a chance to network uh, effectively within the virtual environment as well? I mean, are you given that also opportunity to do that?
3: Definitely. And I have to give the biggest shout out to my supervisor, Diane, actually, because she has made it a point to uh, reach out to me to give me number a number of different opportunities, and just advice. I know a few weeks ago when I was trying to decide what to do with grad school and what decision to make, um, she set aside some time in her day to host a little chat with me so she could give me her opinion and offer some, you know, insight about what might be the right decision. And she's also reached, uh, she's put me into contact with a number of other uh, colleagues of hers who work at the State Department and who can offer me more insight about what a career in that uh, in that space would look like. So, Um, I definitely agree with Chloe in that a lot of it is up to how much effort and how much um, initiative you show, but I've had a wonderful uh, opportunity and experience uh, exchanging with my supervisors and exchanging with the other interns as well and and learning about them. I do have to say, I I did find myself in a lucky situation. Being in D.C., I also had opportunities to actually go to Maine State, the State Department, and meet in person with my uh, supervisor.
2: Outstanding. So the doors are open if, if you may have been working abroad, but then happen to be in D.C. for a short period of time or whatever period of time. Sometimes the, uh, the, the federal agency may open the doors and say, hey, come on down to the office and let's get some lunch or let's talk and let's break some bread and meet you in person and everything else.
3: Definitely. That was um, that was my experience and I really enjoyed it. And um, one last thing I'll say, which um, was also really fortunate. Uh, so, again, my role was to interview notable alumni from the IBLP program. And as it so happened, one of them happened to be visiting Washington, D.C. while I was there. So my intern supervisor called me up and said, hey, can you make a quick stop to interview this person? And since I was on Howard's campus and I was able to go walk over to the restaurant and do an interview with this person who led an amazing career in South Africa as a teacher, as an innovator, as a thought leader, um, I had the chance to meet with that person in person and get that really unique perspective as well. So. Um, of course, the online perspective and that capacity is really interesting because it allows for more interactions globally, but uh, there's always a chance to meet people in flesh as well.
2: Eric Boone, he's a graduate of Howard University and now headed off to Harvard Kennedy School. Uh, he's been a virtual internship at the Bureau of Education and Cultural Affairs at the State Department, and he's been doing some innovative work with them in terms of content creation and also doing some great interviews with some of the alums who come from, from the various programs that State Department works on. Congratulations, Eric. We wish you the best at Harvard. Please keep us abreast of what's going on. it suddenly got some great things ahead of you. We're gonna come back and talk to Nora Dempsey a little bit more about the future of where virtual internships are gonna go and what she's seen from kind of working on this project for the past few years and seeing the innovation that virtual internships are starting to take uh, within uh, really the whole world right now. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dort from Federal News Network.
3: When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. For news on the federal pay raise. To learn how other agencies handle IT modernization. To
2: see how Congress funds my agency. For changes
3: to my TRICARE
0: benefits. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission.
2: Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. on Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we've been talking about Uh, some innovation that's been going on in the federal government for quite some time, virtual internships. We're talking about the virtual student federal service. You can find the website at vsfs.state.gov. We're talking to Nora Dempsey. She's a program manager at State Department who's helping to run the virtual student federal service. And I want to kind of get her take on uh, where is this going? Are we going to see more virtual internships? Uh, uh Nora mentioned before that companies are now beginning to call and try to find out more about their program and get some advice about how to do their own programs as well. Nora, give us some impact, you know, give us kind of the impact of what's going on in terms of the virtual internship. Do you think that this will become more and more part of our society?
1: You know,
0: Derek, without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt, we're all in our homes now and most of us are working more than ever. And so as you listen to Chloe and and Eric, you can see they open so many doors for themselves virtually. And now with Zoom and WebEx and Crowdcast.io and all the things that you can use and Teams, all those things now, there's no reason that we can't do almost everything virtually.
2: You know, it sounds as if for the federal government, Basically, any project is up on the table as long as it's not classified, right? I mean, because they don't get access to classified information. Well, no, any- VS-
0: VSFS is solidly unclassified, but what you can do, a lot of agencies, CIA is part of VSFS, ODNI is part of VSFS, a lot of um, military uh, organizations are part of VSFS. You can do so much in an unclassified manner. You just scrub the data and you can do, students can make such incredible contributions.
2: I understand. Hey, what are your conversations with these companies right now? What, I mean, what are they, what are they saying? What are they asking? Uh, uh, what are they kind of envisioning for the future? What are you hearing?
0: You wouldn't believe the number of companies who've contacted us, but particularly in the end of March, many, many companies were busy trying to cancel all their summer internships and we kept saying, no, no, don't do that. Don't you don't need to do that. Now our hashtag, our hashtag this year is now more than ever because mm-hmm. now more than ever is the time to build your virtual capacity, and that's students can help you do that. So what we did, what was when you said, what's the future? I mean, the future's here, and the future is virtual. And I, we're we're thinking that our numbers are going to maybe double in terms of student applicants. And certainly go another third up in terms of projects pr- um, submitted into the site. Do,
2: do you think that, I mean, of course, as this becomes a lot more popular uh, amongst both agencies and students, right, and you start getting a little bit more bandwidth, um, do you kind of see that, uh, you know, especially in a virtual environment, will there become a little bit more of a bigger capacity to bring one maybe more, I mean, you know, if, if this becomes very, very popular, You're going to, I won't say be overwhelmed, but you may get overwhelmed, right, Uh, with with more and more applicants. Um, Is there the bandwidth to take on more students per project? I mean, I know sometimes people still have to manage a whole bunch of people, right? So they may say, I just want two or three. But are you thinking about kind of the expanding the bandwidth or how do you deal with that as this becomes more and more popular?
0: I mean, happily, the State Department is proud of this program, and it looks like we are now going to get some extra budget funds this summer to to see what we can do to improve the site. I have to say, Derek, at the end of March, we were overwhelmed with these requests from students and from across the agencies, across the, from the White House Task Force and HHS to, you know, again to the VA, to state, saying how, we've got all this extra work now because of COVID. Can we have some virtual students? And we made 100 and almost 200 internships happen this summer, and we're not a summer program, but we we went into the summer area just mm-hmm. this summer. So it, it, the demand is going to explode here, and we absolutely can handle it, and we're absolutely going to make sure that we're there for students and for government agencies.
2: Take the last few seconds and give a plug. Uh, uh, what what do you want either federal agencies to know? What do you want the students to know? Uh, give them the website one more time. Uh, the last little information you want people to know before we have to get out of here.
0: Okay, um, everybody who's a Fed on this phone call and on this radio, if you'd go to vsfs.state.gov and submit a project before June 10, look at the tab that says previous year projects. Everybody can do this. You can do this, Derek, right now. Mm -hmm. You go to previous year projects, and you just will be amazed at what you see. So 605 projects last year, everything from designing a lawnmower that won't hurt the Tombstones in a military grave, military cemetery in Europe, to designing content, the kind of content that um, Eric was describing. And for students, get your registration done on usajobs.gov now so that on July 1, you're ready to have fun. And you can press that VSFS vacancy announcement and have such a great time deciding which three projects you'll apply for.
2: Outstanding. Nora, thank you for your service to the country. Thank you for this innovation right here. I think this is going to really take off uh, in, 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 a, in a way that we probably don't even know right now. But um, I'm very, very happy to, to constantly see the innovation by public servants like yourself and the people at State Department kind of pushing the, the boundaries uh, and pushing forward with all these different things for our country. So we're very, very happy to hear about this program. Uh, Eric and Chloe, we wish you guys the best with you guys uh, future. It's some of you guys have all done some great things and thank you for being on Fed Access.
0: Thank you, Derek, for your time. You've been listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Network. Tune in Monday afternoons at one or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.